On a quiet summer day, I parked under the white pines at Sleeping Giant State Park and shouldered a heavy pack full of love letters. Heading down the rocky path, I paused at the Mill River, watched a fisherman cast for trout, and then headed up the trail to the old quarry. A happy couple frolicked below on the grassy meadow, and I looked away, gripping my walking stick up the steep, barren ridge, past a twisted tree, up and up into the sky. Breathing heavily, crushed under the weight of the load, I struggled my way up the edge of the quarry, and beyond it to the flat forehead of the giant, where I rested on a large boulder. Instead of continuing on the trail to the cliffs that formed the monstrous chin, I turned left into the sparse forest and yellow grasses, heading down again past the falcon nests, carefully placing feet on the steep, pathless slope. Finally, in a small, vertical meadow, I set the pack down and tested the earth with my walking stick. Finding an appropriate spot, I took out my small primus stove and boiled water, letting the wind blow my hair from my face. When the brew had finished, I sipped the steaming tea, idly sifting through the box of letters, reading a line here and there. Then putting the empty mug away, I pulled a shovel from the heavy pack and began to dig. When I first moved to Connecticut, my explorations of the Nutmeg State began with my car. I drove through nearly every town, on every road, following the gray lines of my topographic maps. I found villages and lakes that existed in no guidebook. I traveled on weekends and weekdays, stopping for coffee at diners and for pizza at delis. I put 40,000 miles on my car in this way. Much of that time I was driving to trailheads or searching for them, because the best way to know a country is on foot. All the great explorers and writers will tell you this. And so I took them literally and began to give up my car in favor of my own two legs. I wanted to explore every inch of path in the state that had become my home. Connecticut is often the most overlooked of the New England states. Other states have higher mountains, grander beaches, more famous cities. Other states in the area have become famous, while we seem to linger in relative obscurity caught between the city pinchers of Boston and New York. But it is that very obscurity which leaves our state so precious for the walker. Instead of giant parks or famous resorts, we have quiet country lanes and villages. We also have more walking space per acre than many other states. Where I grew up, southeast Pennsylvania, trails are few and far between. There are a few long greenways, but no real trail networks, and a scattering of state parks spread out over an area the size of our own modest state. Here there seemed to be endless possibilities. I steadily checked off each walk in the various hiking guides. I clocked miles on the blue trail system, paging through the famed Connecticut walkbook. And with my atlas of Connecticut topographical maps, I found other paths and trails, old roads that led nowhere, and hidden hills that no trail led to. All this time I was creating memories, letting tired feet dangle in the lovely cascade at Southford Falls running on the boardwalk above the swamp at Dinosaur State Park, the state's premier paleontological site, watching the crashing winter sound through the frame of the railroad tunnel at Rocky Neck, writing a poem while perching on a stream boulder in Twin Brooks Park in Trumbull, and reading Stephen Graham's The Gentle Art of Tramping on a cool bed of damp moss by the Natchaug River, smelling the salt air while watching white sailboats and gray fishing boats from the old lighthouse at Stonington Point and lying in a high meadow of long grass on the ridge of Osborndale State Park at one 
with the magnificent cloud blue sky. Though I have lived in Connecticut for less than two decades, I have hiked so often that the memories blur and darken already. I know that the first wild place I walked was Sleeping Giant, and I vaguely remember the first time I visited, reading the tangled trail map and ambitiously deciding on a circumnavigation of the park, but I remember absolutely nothing of the actual hike. It has been overwritten by dozens of other rambles over the giant slims. All told, I have wandered here over a hundred times, with dozens of friends and students, all of them overlapping in memory like crowds of ghosts.